0: Welcome back, guys, to another episode of Beyond the Bikini Radio. I'm very excited for today's guest. I recently saw her on the national level stage here about two weeks ago, and she is your overall winner, Brittany Gillespie. Welcome. Thank you for
1: having me, Nicole. I'm so excited to be here. It's my first podcast experience, so I'm just so excited to share.
0: We were just talking about how she probably has all these podcast offers after, you know, crushing it in your last competition. And when I reached out to you and you said that you were a listener, it made me super happy um, because, you know, that's why I make my podcast is to help others through their competition prep and to just educate more, because I think competing is a great thing. But there's a lot of uh, things that people don't know before they ever start their bodybuilding journey.
1: Yeah. Yeah consume so many bodybuilding podcasts like throughout this whole my whole journey Um, but what I love about yours is that you know beyond the bikini you talk about so much more than just all of the macros and the techniques and everything so you really just been a role model for years um, for how to live a healthy lifestyle internally and externally in the sport so I'm so excited to be first podcast is with you.
0: Yeah. So let's kind of jump into your fitness journey. I mean, you obviously didn't win an overall overnight. There's a lot of work that went into that. So what got you started with lifting and even having the interest in competing in the first place?
1: Um, So I think with a lot of other competitors, I had an athletic background. I was never anything special or anything like that, but I did play field hockey for years growing up in middle school and high school. And um, I'm one of four siblings. They were all super athletic, super talented. Um, So I just grew up in that environment. And then when I finished playing field hockey my senior year of high school, I just felt like there was kind of this hole in my life where I was so used to always training and working on myself for the next season and pushing myself. So I just slowly got into working out on my own at home um and it really never was with the goal of changing my body or trying to lose weight or anything i just enjoyed the feeling of um pushing my body's limits and improving um and what i really loved was i did love the team sport aspect but i loved that this was an individual journey um cuz i've always been an introvert i've always loved my alone time and that kind of thing so i just found it extra rewarding that it was my time to get away from all my other siblings and just um, work on myself. And I just slowly learned more and more. And when I did start to see physique changes, um, I started to realize that I wanted to develop my physique some more. And just over the years, I taught myself from mostly YouTube, like Whitney Simmons. I remember about like five years ago, especially like her workout videos were really popular, really easy to follow. And I um, At first, I used to think that the bikini physique, I was like, oh, I don't know. Like, that's a little too muscular for me. Um, But then I really started to appreciate that and um, just slowly got more and more serious about it. Started following a workout split, started tracking my macros and um, just slowly got more into it.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, when I also started competing, I used to watch Nikki Blacketer and (laughs) she used to compete. And I was like, oh, that looks really cool. And my sport was individual. It was gymnastics and it was a easy transition for me. But I think a lot of people look at the gym as their alone time. It's like, you either like love it or you hate it. But when you look at it as like alone time and kind of giving back to yourself, it can become really addicting.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's so awesome that you came from gymnastics because just like the muscularity and the performance aspect I did not have from before. So that's awesome that you came from that background.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's a really cool sport. I mean, I've even been dabbling here in the fitness, um, division as well because of that background, but, you know, having an athletic background is huge when it comes to muscular development. I get a lot of people that come to me who want to compete and they never really did a lot of sports. And I do feel like you need like a base of muscle before you ever start competing. Would you say that you already had like a couple muscles already built up and ready to go for the bikini division from your athletic background, or would you say you had to work really hard to like build that physique?
1: For sure. Yes. And no, um, I have always been very glute dominant. Um, always had really big glutes and people always ask me, what I did to build them and mostly it was field hockey because you're doing a lot of sprints and when you play you're kind of in like a squat position. So I don't have as much to say about the most of the foundation of my legs that was mostly from my athletic background and that's like the moneymaker in bikini so luckily. I had that down, but I was so imbalanced when I started competing my entire upper body was like a string bean I had nothing so I've had to work really hard to build that balance. Um, so it did help me but I started off so imbalanced it's taken a lot to finally build that proportion and I still feel like I'm imbalanced
0: um, mm-hmm.
1: so it helped me a little bit with the legs department yeah
0: you're someone too because I did see you on stage like I was in the audience it looked like your torso is pretty long your arms are pretty long so that can be harder to make those muscles pop and stand out in comparison to like your legs if those are a little bit shorter. And I think a lot of people overlook their body structure when it comes to competing. It's like, you really need to choose number one, a division that fits your structure. And number two, understand like what you're going to have to work extra hard on in comparison to someone else who everybody has like a gifted body part. It's always the most random things, but like some people have great shoulders. Some people have great abs. Some people have great glutes, but you're going to have to bring up those weaknesses in order to, you know, really build a top levels physique.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So you mentioned macros and tracking, which I do feel like is still a little bit different for this industry. What got you into, well, we already talked about training, but what got you into, you know, having more awareness of your nutrition?
1: Um, that was actually my boyfriend. We I met him almost five years ago, and um, I've always been a little bit on the leaner side of. Luckily, always had a pretty good metabolism, so I had never dieted before on my own before I ever did my first prep, um, and I I have a huge sweet tooth, and in college especially, I, I would just eat cereal like whatever I wanted, Starbucks. Um, And when I met my boyfriend, he set me up with a pretty good attitude on food as, you know, look, you need to be, eating enough and you need to be eating enough protein and these general ratios in order to see the improvements you want to see. Um, and he set me up with a pretty good outlook on it. I mean, he would enjoy pizza here and there to fit his macros, but most of his, you know, daily diet was beef and rice and chicken and some vegetables, stuff like that. So he really showed me the importance around when I was like 20 years old, about four years ago of, um, Fueling your body with nutrition, so that he was really the one that showed me the importance of that when I started to want to make physique changes.
0: Yeah, I think that's like such a big thing too, is to have that positive influence. Like, so many women are under eating on protein. It like blows my mind. Like when I say like, oh, like to go for like one gram per pound of body weight, and they're like, that's so much protein when you're only eating fifty grams of protein a day. Yeah, that's really hard to hit. But if you're not getting that in, it's going to be really hard to build muscle. And um, so you had more awareness of your nutrition. And I know you're currently working with a coach. What brought your interest into hiring a coach and even stepping on stage? Because before you mentioned, like, you weren't sure if that was going to be for you.
1: Um, I think just from, you know, seeing on Instagram, seeing these physiques and starting to have a more of an appreciation for what it takes to get there and wanting to have a part of that process, I started to kind of consider competing a little bit. And um, I knew I wanted to take for myself um, a little bit of a growing season and get a little bit more of a foundation tracking macros before I started a prep. So I did that on my own. Um, I spent about six, six months or so after I had already kind of been doing it um but before I started to prep I, I reached out to a coach and said hey I'm thinking about prepping next year like I'm just gonna work on tracking and training even more consistently and then I'll reach back out to you um because I was younger and I didn't like have the money to pay for coaching author I do
0: how old were you then versus like how old are you now I'm just curious
1: I was twenty one when in twenty eighteen when I did my first prep and I'm now twenty four. Okay.
0: Yeah. Early twenties. I mean, I was in college when I started prepping. It was hard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. it's a lot of money. I mean, if you want to compete, you should have a couple grand saved away. Like people don't realize how expensive it is. It's just like any other hobby. Like hobbies come up a cost. Like if you want to golf, if you want to do ice skating, like there's gonna be a cost to it. Right. Yeah,
1: And I feel like when you decide to start competing in college, it's almost like you have to completely remove yourself from being a college student and being a part of your college community because you're not going to be eating in the dining hall anymore. You're not going to be going out. You're going to be spending so much time in the gym. So that was a huge lifestyle change for me when I started prepping that I kind of wanted, but kind of didn't realize how much it was, it was Going to separate free separate me from normal people my age, mm. um, but yeah, it, it is very expensive, and there are certain things that I wished I had maybe maybe waited to compete and spend the money and do it right um, and have more muscle by the time I competed anyway. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. It, it's super expensive, and it's it's uh, you're going through a lot of change in your early 20s and still developing your. Your habits with food and your image of your body. Um, But I think I I got out of it pretty okay.
0: Yeah. I honestly, if I could go back and do it, I would have not competed until like 22, 23. Like my first show, I had just turned 20 and I was like, oh my gosh, like I would have probably had way more muscle if I didn't spend all that time dieting, if I would have been able to hire the right coach for me, because I did apply for certain coaches, but I was like, wait, that's way too much money for me. So then I'd go with like the cheapest option, which huge red flag. Don't go with the cheapest option. Like you're better off saving and investing in a good quality coach versus like some random guy at the gym. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. But you live and you learn. So you wanted to compete. You reached out to that coach. What was that first prep experience? Like stepping on stage? How did you do? Let's go into that
1: um first prep experience it was great um I worked with a local coach I just worked with him for my first prep um but he was great um he cared about me so much he gave me so much education and encouragement with every single check-in um I followed a very bro diet on a meal plan um we prepped for like 15 weeks and we did we also did only interval style cardio so that was like pretty intense I don't do that anymore. And um, overall, I love the process though. My body responded like crazy. We literally never decreased the food from the original macros um, that we started off with, which was around 1400 calories. And somehow my body just kept responding. Um, I had a really nice cheat meal every week. So it was super enjoyable. And I just fell in love with the process. I, I did okay. I think my first show I placed fourth in open at the Jay Cutler Classic in Richmond, Virginia, which is local to me. And then a week later I competed in Virginia Beach and I got second. So I got nationally qualified in like a lot of naive new competitors. I was like, oh, I wanna hit the national stage soon. Um, but yeah, I fell in love with the process and um it was it was you know relatively smooth and um just made me want more
0: yeah yeah I think well what national show did you did you go to
1: I did Junior USA's in 2019 after this prep
0: okay what was that experience like because you probably you know took second I feel like your first ever national show you like are really high confidence and then like you've never seen one and then you're like Oh, everybody looks so amazing. And then it's like dropped down.
1: Yes, it was. Oh my God. It's so cringe to look back. Um, but I feel like a lot of us have that experience, <clears throat> whether it be regional or national where you just were not ready. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought I was more ready than I was, but my coach was just still telling me to do the show. And it was just a, a really, it was a very bad prep, just a lot, everything, a lot going on and I just wasn't my body just wasn't responding I was not ready for the show I didn't really have the foundation I needed
0: and I wasn't getting conditioned enough did, um, you, cool. did you reverse diet after your 2018 shows
1: yes I did about a six month off season and that went well. I got my food back up like over 2000 calories. And I feel like I made some good improvements, um but still not enough.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say, like, if it was, you know, so much harder that next time, sometimes the body just needed more time off. And I see lots of girls where they take six months off and they can prep again and they have success. But for a majority, that's just not enough time. Like, even I remember I once took eight months off and I'm like, oh my gosh, eight months off, so much time. Like, I built so much. Muscle, I'm ready to go. No, like I now know that I need at least a year off for me to recover. And, um, I think even with this next off season, I might even take two years off to just build muscle and focus on other areas of my life. So that was probably a big wake up call for you too. Cause I'm sure that you weren't able to diet at your 1400 calories, right? Did you have to push a lot harder?
1: Oh That's yeah. What? It was like half that. Um, over an hour of cardio. I don't know how I was functioning. Um, but you're exactly right. After this, I took two full years off and it was just life-changing for me, life-changing for like my mindset, my metabolism and my physique. So I learned, you know, we live and you learn from that experience. It took me a little while to bounce back mentally, um, from going through all of that, but then taking the two years off, I mean, that, just like set me for my future of competing and I'll still probably take another year long off season, but yeah, you're so right. It's, it's really not enough time, um, six months. So
0: yeah, it flies by. And so when you did decide to prep again here in 2021, did your mm-hmm. philosophy change with that? Like what direction did you go differently? Cause I believe your first coach was a male, right? And your second coach is female, right?
1: Yeah. So and what,
0: what made that switch? Because sometimes that's different too, because a lot of competitors, they usually want to either be coached by a female or a male. I personally have only been coached by guys. So kind of what made you make that switch? Was it just her philosophy? Like, what did that look like for you?
1: Yeah. Um, and this is actually my third coach. So I started working with her um, almost a year and a half ago. Her name is Maria. Um, so I started working with her like this off season before this prep. And part of it, I did like that she was also a woman. She has also competed. She competed in figure back in the day. So um, just understanding the body and everything uh, emotionally and mentally that goes through with the prep. Um, I did like that. I'm not against working with um, a male coach. And I, my first male coach, he was extremely caring and supportive. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't like a bro kind of approach. Yeah, uh, totally. I mean, some of the methodologies for sure. Um, so it is an added benefit working with another woman that you can, that has been through the process. And um, I started working with her because I knew two competitors here in Virginia, one of which is also an IFBB pro. And I just really, I just really wanted a coach that I trusted somebody that trusted this coach and, um, And so I knew, and another uh, fellow nurse, and she's a speech language pathologist, um, Casey Wilson in Virginia Beach, like they trust Maria so much. And so I just kind of impulsively started working with her because they had worked with her for so long Mm -hmm. and, you know, she's just a small name coach. They've been with her for so long. There's got to be something about her that I can really trust and get on board with, so.
0: Yeah, that's a huge thing. I'm like super proud of you for working with a coach in that improvement phase and before you prep, like that's so important. And I think so many people will only want to prep and then work with a coach or diet and then work with a coach. And it's like, you should really give them the opportunity to be able to work with you before, because not only are you going to be able to see how they work as a coach, but too, that really helps them. From their perspective they see like what motivates you like how does she handle stress how does she handle hard times because that's always going to happen in life and every single client is going to be different with what motivates them what helps them through hard times and how to set goals for them which is huge and you know there are big teams out there but there's also you know smaller coaches who are fantastic like just I think sometimes people get caught up with the teams and they want that team like atmosphere, which it's really important as a competitor to know what you want. But the other thing too, is like some people like more of that one-on-one closer connection and they, they want that more than just like having a group backstage. And for me personally, I've never cared if the coach has this huge team or not. I just care how much time they give me, how much uh, attention to detail, which is super important. And, um, if I'm able to learn from them, because if I'm not able to learn from them, the, my, as a coach of myself, it's like, I, I should be working with someone that I can take something away from. Yeah. Yeah
1: so true it's like it's definitely hard especially in national stages when you see these groups of girls that are having so much fun and they're wearing their matching clothes and they're taking (laughs) pictures and they have all these IFBB pros there that know them and um, it's intimidating and and on Instagram too like I wanted to you know sometimes be a part of a team just for the sake of being a part of that team and you know it's like being in a sorority kind of thing totally
0: that's like my best comparison
1: Yes so um but yeah I mean at the end of the day um it all, it all depends on the relationship of you and your coach and it's an individual journey and if I was totally prepared to sit backstage at nationals like this past weekend by myself and just be in the zone. And I was like, that's, this is what I'm here for. Yeah. I'm so good to meet girls in the process, of course, but I mean, when it's backstage, it's time to get in the zone. And at the end of the day, competing is about your journey and what you bring to the stage. So it, it's easy to want to get caught up in all the groups on social media and the, in the labels, but wow. no the oh, yeah. relationship with your coach.
0: I couldn't agree more. I mean, at the end of the day, it's you putting on the bikini. It's you putting on the heels. It's you versus you. There's one winner. And that's why the sport too was an easier transition for me because with gymnastics, we would have a team, but at the end of the day, you wanted to be on top of the podium. And sometimes that meant beating your teammate. So you can cheer for girls. You can be supportive and kind backstage. You should be. Um, but, you know, you should want to win for yourself. And I think the other thing, too, is like there's nothing wrong with talking to other girls from different teams and making like online friends. Like I have a bunch of friends in this space and they come from a variety of different coaches and I could care less. I just care about their character and how they are like supportive and you know, their personality, which is huge. And you're going to meet a lot of great people. And, you know, don't feel like, let's say you are in a team, like don't feel like you can't branch out from that team and make other friends. Mm -hmm. So before you stepped on stage for nationals, did you do a regional level um, show to qualify again?
1: Yes, I um, returned to the show. That was my first show excuse me, I'm getting over COVID. A lot of people got COVID from <laughs> this weekend. Um,
0: oh my gosh, I had no idea.
1: <laughs> as so many people from this weekend are telling me that they tested positive and I tested positive about a week ago. Um, so anyway, um, I did one regional show in August of this year <clears throat> and it was my first show three years prior. And it was the Jay Cutler Classic here in Richmond, and it was my goal to win the overall or get first place. I didn't win the overall. I like fell short of that. So it was pretty bummed, but I was still just so proud of the physique that I had brought after taking all that time off and um, just how well the prep had gone. So I did that show, and my original plan was just to hit North Americans four weeks later um, and, you know, just... I felt like I had placed pretty well. I was excited to see how I did on the national stage and then um, call it a season. So I, you know, I was hoping to maybe get top 10 at um, the national level. And then I extended my prep to do nationals at the end of this year.
0: You got second or third, right? At-
1: <laughs> yeah. I got
0: second. Casual one spot away.
1: <laughs> yeah. I was not expecting that. So um, it was just like, an emotional roller coaster. Like I didn't expect to get so close to earning my pro card. And then I was upset that I didn't get it, but I was like,
0: overjoyed that I did so well, probably prepping for a while too, you know, at that point in August, well basically September to be ready to hang your heels up and then kind of get that second place. You're probably Mm -hmm. like, Oh crap. Like now what? So then did you get feedback and then your coach and you decided to keep pushing?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, just, I never would have expected to compete in Florida. Like I've never like traveled or flown for a show or anything like that. Like I've always just done like the national shows you can drive to and whatever, but, um, just realizing I was so close to earning my pro card. Um, I was texting my coach about how I was a little upset that weekend, like still so happy, but, and she was like, you know, December nationals is like 15 or 15 weeks out. And so, um, I decided, to tentatively plan on it, but I didn't want to commit until I got closer to show and was sure that my physique was still looking good, if not better. Um, But it was actually an amazing timeframe because I was able to reverse diet for about seven, eight weeks or so after North American. So I didn't even feel like I was on prep again and I stayed pretty lean. And then we just dieted again for about like eight weeks before nationals.
0: Yeah. The hardest part is getting lean. Once you get lean, it's pretty easy to maintain for a while. I mean, eventually the body will burn out. I mean, you can't maintain that for years, but that's why it's super important to take some sort of recovery period after a long fat loss phase. And I find even when a reverse for competitors, usually four to eight weeks, you can still stay within plus or minus, you know, three to five pounds of your stage weight. And that's easy to come, come back off if you were able to do it before um what, do you know what your feedback was though from getting second place from North Americans
1: yeah. yeah I got feedback part of it was to not grow my shoulders or quads anymore um which I always had quads like from field hockey um and then I was told to come in softer from oh, wow which is kind of like good feedback but kind of scary when you know that you're going to bring a package that's less conditioned um because the whole time going into nationals I couldn't even barely look at my body because you know you just mindset becomes so warped and knowing that I was a little bit softer it was just really hard for me um, to believe that I was coming in properly um but it, it really helped. Cause I was looking a little stringy at North Americans with Like you said, I think it had been about 18 weeks of dieting.
0: Yeah. I've gotten that feedback once before at uh, junior nationals, like 2018. And it freaked me out. Cause I was like, I look great. Like I'm super shredded. Like what, why would you want me to come in softer? But when I competed at um, universe, I kept getting leaner after that. And I didn't mean to, it's just, my body was hyper-responding and Tyler did not like that. So I went from sixth place down to 10th place. And I was like, yeah, we need to just be done and grow. And sometimes being fuller also means, um, more muscle, but other times it can literally just mean we want you to be like literally one pound heavier and just have a little bit more body fat on you, which can be scary
1: yeah exactly and it's it's so hard to dissect what they mean sometimes by fuller do they mean more muscle do they mean carve up and pump up more you know have more water on show day so um, a lot of
0: judges are not coaches either so they don't necessarily know the strategies to get someone there so like don't be mad at a judge for some of their feedback that can be really confusing you know your coach should really be the one to dissect that um they don't know. They, they just know how to judge a physique. They know how this industry runs. Um, that's the most important. They know how to choose people that fit the criteria. They don't know dieting techniques, training techniques, although they might diet and train themselves and be a competitor themselves. Just because they're a competitor or a judge doesn't mean they're a coach.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: So... I also wanted to ask too, you took that time off and you were prepping through 2021. 20, Honestly, basically it seems like almost all of 2021. How did your metabolism respond this time around after giving your body a break?
1: Um, oh my God, it was amazing. I This off season at the end of it, I was eating almost 3000 calories. Um, I was like over 400 carbs. So, um, I knew that we would have so much to pull from during this prep. And I was curious how low we would need to get. Um, but during the main fat loss part uh, going into my first show, I was eating over 1800 calories. I remember at two weeks out, we went from 1800 into like the 1400. So it's just incredible. Like I never thought I would be able to diet off that much food and I would always see girls on Instagram talk about it I was like oh my god she's so annoying like nobody, yeah, she's her. lying <laughs> yeah but um and it was amazing and it just made the prep so enjoyable because I also did macros for a large portion of the first um, part of the prep because I had the macros to do with what I wanted and have a bagel and have yogurt um, and that really helped me reserve some like mental fortitude for later when it was time to push harder i feel like um and then i was around once i was around stage lean i was around 1400 calories and then during the reverse period we were around 1600 and then we um by the time i got lean again for nationals it was around the same or a little lower because i expected some adaptation so 13 1400 calories when it was all said and done, which I feel like is pretty good for a uh, like
0: five. Well better than seven hundred.
1: <laughs> yeah, I know. And I look back and I'm just like, I don't know how I was alive.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, and I just, just, I can't stress enough how like I in that off season I hadn't been consistent with tracking my macros um, and my water and everything and training intensity for that long ever. And it really made the difference little by little over time, building
0: my calories up. Yeah. I mean, honestly, just your off season sets you up for a successful prep. And that's when a winning physique is made, you know, you know that you're not really building muscle in prep. You're just kind of maintaining if anything, and also just primarily losing body fat. So that muscle you built was in your improvement season. And if you weren't working with a coach and paying attention, like, who knows, you probably wouldn't have eaten enough and you probably wouldn't have been able to diet on as high as calories because a lot of females too, they won't push their calories super high. Like they think 200 grams of carbs is like the maximum they can eat. And it's like, no, like there's so many people that can go so much higher than that. And with prep and being in bodybuilding, you you do have to take extremes. You have to take extremes to get the body fat off, but you also have to take extremes to put the muscle on. Um, and you have to learn how to embrace both of those phases. So mm-hmm. I did want to talk about nationals and winning you talked about kind of hanging out backstage by yourself and staying focused. What was it like stepping out on that stage and posing and then how did you feel when you got your call out?
1: Um, um, I was definitely very nervous as I was hoping to be less nervous than North Americans because I um, had more confidence and I had just been through the national stage experience, but I had a lot of nerves going into this show because I felt like there was a lot of pressure on me from myself and from like my gym family here and on Instagram to turn pro. So I was even more nervous this time around and just seeing all the girls backstage looking so good, so shredded. And, um, so I was, I was honestly very nervous, um, going out there, um, but I did feel better because I, I had practiced my posing more since North Americans. That was one of the biggest things I wanted to work on. It still need to improve, but was still was much improved. So I was I was very nervous um, and I was just, you know, you need to get top two to turn pro. So that was just what I was hoping for. And um, the call outs are, you know, it's such an exhilarating time. It's so nerve wracking. Um and I got called for first call out, and I was in the middle. And so I was just, I was so happy. But it was agonizing because we didn't go back on stage again for finals until the next night at like 10 p.m. or something. So it was agonizing. Um, but I was like pretty sure that I was going to be happy with the result. And then with finals, um, when I, you know, got my pro card and then I got first place, I was just, I was just so over the moon. And then when we went for the overall, it was kind of funny because all of us first place girls, we were like, Oh, it's just so late. Like we're, we got our pro cards. like, we're just, we're excited. We're ready to be done. Like whatever, like, let's just go out for this comparison for the overall. And so that was, I never would have thought that I would have been the best class winner out of all of those eight beautiful girls. And so, I was just in shock like when they called my number for the overall and I'm still like in shock about it because I just have had such a hard time like believing in myself. Um, So it was just like a moment of shock like and uh, I'm like still processing it but it was it was amazing. Um,
0: Did you know you were in the center or were you just kind of like I I think I'm doing good I don't know.
1: (laughs) I, yeah, I was pretty sure I was in the center. I never know when I'm on stage. And I always am like rushing off and t- asking, you know, one of my supporters in the audience, like, where was I? Um, but I was pretty sure I was in the middle. But I still in my head was like, yeah, there's no way like, I would get like first out of all of these
0: girls. Yeah, that must have been kind of like an in shock moment. Because then overall, it's like, you have to stay even later. No, I'm just kidding. No, (laughs) but overall you do have to stay later and then get more pictures. And then you have your photo shoot and there's lots of like really exciting things that happen after that. And I'm sure that you're already relieved with turning pro, but then it's like, Oh, like I'm literally the best. And to go from just second place to an overall is a huge improvement. So they must've also noticed that improvements that you applied from the feedback and it all paid off.
1: Yeah. I'm taking the time off to reverse diet a little bit. I was discussing with my coach. I sent her the comparisons and I was like, so what is the difference? Like, do you, do you think it's my muscles fuller? Do you think I'm softer in a good way? And she's just like, yeah, I think that the reverse diet like really did, did wonders for you. And we did come in a tiny bit softer. So, um, I'm glad that we, brought with the judges were looking for.
0: um, Yeah, Yeah, a lot of times, too, it's, like, who shows up that day, which is a hard thing, too. Like, even when I was watching, I was, like, wow, class A, I felt like the girls were super hard, and then class B, I saw a little bit more softness, and it really does vary each and every single class, Um, so each and every winner of each class can even look different, so it is challenging. I mean, the judges are trying to find who fits the criteria the best, um, and who's the total package, which of course is going to include posing and stage presence. And I almost feel like stage presence is not necessarily something you can teach. It's just kind of like a sparkle that some people have. And, um, I would do call outs too. I, I try to like test my judging skills and I'm like, okay, who do I think will be in a call out? And when I saw class D, I chose you, I chose, I think, four other girls that were in your call out but I think they pulled out six or seven um but yeah once they moved you in the center I was just like nobody else has those ratios you know it's just like that's the best and then you know that's the standard that they have to stick with
1: yeah just another thing that I've learned process with just staying in your own lane is you know people are always saying, oh, now they're looking for softer. Now they're looking for harder. Now they're looking for more muscular. And it so much of it just depends on what's gonna look good on your natural frame and the musculature that you have. So I, you know, I would look back there and I'd be like, oh my God, like these girls are so shredded. Like I am not that shredded. These girls are so muscular, but I just needed to focus on what the judges told me to refine from last time for what would look good with the look that I had. And stick with that because I mean it's so easy to get like information overloaded by other people's feedback and other people's physique and other people's coaching strategies that I had to just like
0: stay in my own lane. This and just listen, listen to your coach. You know, like that's that's a huge thing. Um, Like one thing, and I think you listen to Justin's podcast too, but he'll say like too many cooks in the kitchen, and it's true. I mean. Stop asking all these people for feedback. The only people that matter are the judges and your coach. And at the end of the day, no one else is sitting exactly where that head judge is sitting. And everybody looks different at that angle and at that lighting. So Mm -hmm. you might think that, oh, this person should have done better than this person. Or I mean, I would hope that you wouldn't get any negative responses, but I've had friends that have won overalls. And then they hear some negative people saying, like, you shouldn't have won overall and kind of take away that feel good feeling. And it's like, you don't know, like you're not the professional and you're not where that person was. So of course you're going to have bias too, if it's your friend, like if, even if I have a client up on stage, it's hard not to have bias, but I have to take our relationship out of it when it comes to looking at who truly should have won for the day.
1: Yeah. And um, another thing too, is like with politics, like I, you know, used to think, well, how could there not be Politics in the sport, um, and you know, I lost to a girl who was on a big team and had sponsors, and people said things about, oh, maybe it's politics. Um, but then I won the overall. I have no sponsors. I have a coach with like 2,000 followers on Instagram, and so that was um, that was nice and reassuring to see to know that I you know, can be an example that it's the, the judges don't care who you're coached by. They don't don't even know. Yeah. There's so many girls out there, there's, you know, hundreds of girls. And so that was kind of heartwarming to see that, like, it's not based off of any connections that you might have. So it helped, you know, rebuild some faith, like in this industry.
0: Yeah, I think if anything, if politics are going to happen, you're going to see it more at the regional level of the small guy running a show, but you're not going to see it at nationals. Nobody knows who your coach is. Nobody really cares. And, you know, they don't want someone that's not supposed to be winning as the winner. Like they're representing the NPC and now IFBB. So that's not going to be a good look for them. I think I've seen a little bit of politics, but you can actually report that to the NPC and they can kind of do like an audit of that. Um, There's not Mm -hmm. supposed to be any judges that are coaches. So like, they're not allowed to be on the panel. Um, They're not supposed to be like having like affiliations outside of that with athletes, um, which is huge. And I've, I've had, in my experience, I've had had judges who have Been at posing clinics for just one team. And that's been an issue where I'm like, okay, well, you're going to naturally create those relationships. And, you know, it's just kind of human nature to want that person to do better. But you can report things that seem like unjust with judging. You know, you don't want to be like, oh, I lost because of this, this, and this. But like, you should have like evidence of like, yeah, there's a coach on the panel. That's a problem.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that's good to know that there's a system for that.
0: Totally. So now that you are an IFBB pro, what does, let's say 2022 look like for you?
1: Um, still unsure. And I'm, I'm still really just like soaking it all in and like processing everything. Um, I originally thought, you know, I did think I had a realistic chance at earning my pro card. And I mean, honestly, that's why I stuck it out and did this show. Um, But I, and I was thinking that I wanted to take a long growing season after to be more competitive with the pros. Um, But I've spoken with a couple pros um, and my coach, I'm still waiting to hear my feedback from Sandy, Um, but they're encouraging me to do a pro show early in the year. I feel like Sandy tells a lot of new pros to get on the pro stage early and see how you stack up next to the other girls. Um, so I am considering that a little bit more because I guess you know winning the overall, I did have the best like pro physique out of those girls, which makes me feel a little more ready to try my hands at a pro show sooner. Um, but either way, I know I want to take most of the year off, especially just to have that balance with life. I mean, that's what got me to where I am today was taking that long off season where I had balance. I was eating good, I was watering my relationships and everything. And my training. So I do plan on taking most of the year off and potentially, um, a pro show early in the year. Like maybe the Boston pro show is in like 10, 11 weeks. Okay. Um, so still waiting to hear feedback and see, but I'm still like fighting this imposter syndrome. of I'm feeling like I'm not good enough and feeling like I'm not ready. So I'm still deciding, but planning to take most of the year off.
0: Yeah. I think that that would be a smart move too, because I've seen plenty of brand new pros like De Raja and like Hannah Franz, like when they stepped on the pro stage, they were crushing it. They're getting like first call outs and doing fantastic where there are also pros that step on the stage and and they realize they need more muscle. So it's like, okay, like we need to even take more time off because it is the next level. You go from the top of the top to now the bottom kind of in a way you know nobody really knows who you are so it can be intimidating um I think that the confidence won't really be built until you get more reps on the pro stage but who knows I mean I, I kind of also feel like some of these top pros and maybe even like a uh, bikini Olympias, like I'm sure that they walk out too and they're like am I really this person you know like mm-hmm. it is a whole different um personality but sometimes you just gotta fake it till you make it. And the more you say that you are a pro, I think it will start to set in more.
1: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and I think having like such an enjoyable, like sustainable prep where my food was high, my cardio was pretty low. Like I do feel like mentally and physically, like I could totally keep going, especially because I took that break. So I do feel like I could keep going and this would allow me like even more a little time to reverse and we'll see. But yeah, so it just, it set me up so well because so many girls have run themselves into the ground to earn this pro card this month and wouldn't be able to keep going and try a pro show. But because we took a sustainable approach, like I feel, I feel great. I feel ready to go if I were to jump into something.
0: Yeah. And, um, you know, I feel like your journey to pro It did relatively happen quickly. And I think that that's the other thing too, because if you think about how many stages you stepped on, it's less than 10, correct? Total.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is my sixth show and my third national.
0: Yeah. So the more, more experiences you get, the easier it's going to get too. And I think that you should go for it, but of course, just do what feels right. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for you. Um, Okay. So I want to end today's podcast by what advice would you have given Brittany years ago when she first ever started competing?
1: I would would really just tell myself to believe in myself because I've been having like these sad emotions because I never expected like this win and i mean even a year ago i didn't know if i could turn pro and it kind of makes me sad that i really didn't believe in myself until i got like second place in north americans um and had i believed in myself it would have just been you know even more of an enjoyable journey and i would have probably grown a little more as a person and just had more confidence throughout the process and so i would tell myself to just believe in myself more um that you really can achieve what you want to achieve when you put in the work day in and day out. Um, because when you look back and realize you weren't believing in yourself the whole time, um, it makes you realize what you're capable of and what I want to inspire and other women to realize what they're capable of. Um, so yeah, just to believe in yourself more.
0: Yeah, I think that's a hard thing for a lot of women, but it does help to just kind of surround yourself with that positive environment. Like you need to go through your place and put sticky notes of like, I am a pro, I am a winner, I am successful, like all that. I, you know, people call it like woo-woo stuff, but I do think it helps. And um, you know, you can also find yourself going down like a rabbit hole with social media and start comparing to other people and thinking, I'm not good enough. Like there's no way that I could be as good as her, but you can. I I truly do believe people can achieve anything that they put their mind to. And as long as you're surrounding yourself with positivity and kind of stepping stones in the direction that you want to take and the person that you want to become, then you'll get there. It's just, it's not going to happen if you are talking down about yourself or kind of convincing that you're not good enough or whatever it might be.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hope to like lift others up like the way so many people were lifting me up during the prep and saying oh my god you got this like you look incredible you're gonna go pro and i would just like cringe and i was like no no like i don't, i don't want this expectation on myself like they're just saying that um but it makes me feel even more inspired to lift up other women and show them like what they're capable of and make them believe in themselves because yeah all we see on social media are these like unrealistic standards or like these olympians and you know you don't have their structure or you don't think you'll be like that but yeah you're exactly right yeah
0: i think that's great advice well i'm excited for you and what the future is going to bring i'm going to watch closely and, and see how you do at that pro level and i wish you nothing but the best
1: thank you so much Nicole. thanks for everything like i've learned from you over the years from all of your videos
0: and your content thank you yeah. I would love to hear more about your goals, so feel free to apply for my one-on-one coaching down below at the link. There we can discuss what you're wanting to accomplish in the gym, with your relationship with food, and how I can help you reach your goals.